You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. They come from the bowels of hell, guided by a master plan on complete domination of the earth. It arouses such emotion that the management has been forced to state positively no refund. Oh my god, it's the deliberations of doom in the house to talk about. A, well, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. It's a big episode. It's a big A, a lot episodes. of episodes. Yeah. Big episode recording session for the deliberations of doom, guys. No, seriously, we actually... I hope everybody did their stretches. I, <laughs> so it's going to be a marathon. I did. I've done like three shots. I consider that my deliberations of doom workout routine. Wow. By part three, we're going to just be blackout drunk and gibbering. Yeah, and people will be like, man, that was hysterical when you said that. And be like, I said what? what? Uh, It's going to happen. All right. It's going to (laughs) happen. We're we're really making everybody want to listen all the time. (laughs) Hey, but this is the part where we're still relatively sober. Relatively is a word. This is, of course, our horror podcast. Pogging podcast. I'm (laughs) podcast. And we just talk about murdering porgs. Well, (laughs) no spoilers. I haven't seen it yet. Should we just do a separate episode? For other worlds, no, we're just going right into it. We'll oh wow! It goes. Okay, we're yeah, because well. like we were all at the Other Worlds Festival in Austin, which is like, what do they describe themselves as? It's not just sci-fi because it's got horror too. It they? is um, no sci-fi film festival. Is it's the Other World Sci-Fi Film Festival? Okay, but so they, they have horror. Well, yeah. What happened was right. they they kept getting all these great horror submissions because obviously they're a genre festival, and eventually they decided to do the Underworlds portion Fuck of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's they, they had to turn down so many good movies. They're like, and it makes sense. Yeah. I yeah. think if you're if you're a fan of sci-fi, you're probably a fan they're of They're cousins, man. Yeah. They're, they're related. Yeah. yeah. And it fits it's the same sport. because yeah. we're going to be talking about sci-fi horror. All right. And, What's up? Um, great people. Seriously, the people at, at the Otherworlds Film Festival were so accommodating and so friendly. And Flick's Brewhouse is actually really Flick's awesome. Brewhouse. I've never been there. Great, great beer. Um, Otherworlds Sci-Fi Film Festival is a festival located here in our hood of Austin, Texas. It's a four-day festival. Technically Round Rock. Technically Round Rock, but we're going to say Austin. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it, it plays at Flick's Brewhouse, which is a uh, movie eatery thing that has, brews its own beer. And so it's pretty rad. And uh, they show... A mix of horror and sci-fi, and they also screen um, classic uh, sci-fi movies, uh, like one or two. So this year they showed Event Horizon and A Black Hole, and they actually had the director of The Black Hole was there. And I kept seeing him, and then later I realized it was him when I was mad because I didn't say anything to him the whole time. So. I, I would say in the interest of full disclosure, because mm-hmm. it is important to do so, yeah. like, oh, the large re- reason we went in the first place is because the Summers Brothers had a short Yay! in it. Right, we we played Other Worlds last year. We were fortunate enough to get in with our sci-fi short, The Bench, which is available and you can check out now on our website, grandschemeproductions.net. We showed there, and we had a great experience, and we were hoping to get in again this year, and um, we did with our horror short couples night. So we were going to go, and we said, you guys should all come you know you should it's this is right up our alley there's horror there's sci-fi and i think it's something our audience would and beer and beer yes and alcoholic beverages so plenty of that yeah and i just want to say couples night did fantastic Uh, again you guys got such a great no not biased at all we would talk shit about you that's true that's true but the audience reactions to couples night was amazing you guys were definitely like the the sweethearts of the of the yeah i kept you know i mean obviously we're all hanging out and i kept being there when people were coming up going, y'all are the guys who did couples. That was so good. And then they're like, what are you doing? 
later. So let's. Yeah. So in the interest of time, I guess we start talking about what we did see there. Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, you guys did see, like you said, Event Horizon with with the actual what was it? The Philip Eisner, the writer. Yes, writer. So yeah, Phil and I went. uh, It was their opening night uh, movie was. Uh, Event Horizon. It was the, I guess it was the official 20th anniversary screening of the uh, of the movie, um, and I hadn't seen the movie uh, since I guess almost around since it came out. Probably me, me as well, yeah. And um, and we, Phil and I had a Phil and I had a great time. Phil kept leaning over to me at one point. He wanted to talk about the production design and and all that other stuff. So uh, it was it was great. I thought the movie really held up. I mean, I think it's a movie we'll probably review in a, another episode um, when we get to to science fiction horror. So I don't want to go too into it, but um, it was great. It was still scary and exciting. It has a great production design, and it it's um. It's you know it. I think it's a kind of a movie that we haven't seen a lot of since. So uh, I, I really enjoyed watching it again. I would argue there's a reason for that, but anyway. Oh, no, I mean I, we we both turned to each other like after it. it ended, and we go, it still holds up. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing about the movie that feels dated is the uh, the music, and they've got like a prodigy song in there or something else, which really feels out of place. <laughs> for it. it'd be like The Shining starting with like a, you know a techno song. <laughs> that because sounds awesome to me, though. I, was I, I, I have that, to agree. I I still enjoyed the I movie. I Prodigy playing this festival, and every time they showed the trailer, I was like, "Smack a bitch up!" <laughs> <laughs> but it just it felt out of place because, like, it really is the shining in space, and it shouldn't have like songs that are only there to like you know for marketing appeal and whatnot. It was hot at the time when the rest of the score had none of that in there. But everything else, I loved about well, the it. The reason for that was because it's a shitty movie. It's so. not. A wow! Shitty movie. Wow! I love it. Wow! To be to be continued in more depth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, but I, I did want to say real quick just because we probably have fans um, we Phil and I got to talk a little bit with the screenwriter Phil Eisner who was in attendance who was a, a really nice guy and had some great stories about the movie but uh, afterwards at the after party Phil and I kind of cornered him we said why didn't they make a sequel to this movie and um, he actually told us he had some ideas for the sequel. He said because Cox wouldn't stop talking shit about it when it came out, and everyone was like, I guess we're not doing a sequel. And <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's, <laughs> Real glad uh, Chris wasn't there when we went to see yeah. it. But anyways... Um, you know I would have been nice. <laughs> all right, so uh, so he did tell us, I guess the sequel, uh, Phil, maybe you can help me with this. It was like there was a temple or something. They, they, they were going to find like an ancient civilization with wreckage on it. Everything on the planet's dead. And then they were going to kind of dig up and find the um, that drive ball that's in the engine room. And that's kind of the villain of the story because it can't be a person. It has to be an object like Hellraiser-ish. Yeah. You get to see a lot of influences from Hellraiser and from The Shining in this movie. And uh, and you have to have like an evil thing, and it was going to be the, the hyperdrive thing in the actual ship. So that would be his idea was if there were future sequels, it would always involve the, the gravity ball. drive or yeah. whatever. So I thought that was that was actually a really smart idea. So yeah, we got some good one on one time, and got you know some cool questions answered. So uh, yeah, but we can That's move on. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, the I next thing you guys went to watch was well, let's talk. Let's just start about the big pie premiere that they got. They're so excited to get it. For Beyond Skyline, the sequel to Skyline, which I was excited about. I was like, I kind of like Skyline. I hated Skyline, but when I heard that the Raid guys were going to be in it, I totally geeked out. Yeah, you like, get the I was two big action it, stars yeah. in the Raid make appearances. You, you, in this you get Frank Grillo and the Raid. What could yeah. possibly go wrong? Everything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, this is like, I blame the editor. 
I blame the editor, flat out, who didn't seem to know how to put any sequence next to any other sequence in this sequel. With Frank Grillo, whose son gets abducted by aliens, he gets shucked, sucked up into the ships. Because this is a parallel story to Skyline, which everyone's like, what the fuck is Skyline? It's like it was literally like three years ago, and no one remembers it even got a wide theatrical release. Because it was one of those films that you're like, yeah, I guess that's a movie that exists that I saw. But, it had uh, what, Eric Balfour in it, right? Uh, dude, uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's all I know about. I'm an Eric Balfour fan. I'm a, huge Balfour. I'm a genre TV guy, and he's going to show up eventually on every genre every TV genre, show. For sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, with that, I mean, it's an upgrade. Frank Grillo, who's becoming a big movie star right now, and uh, Eco Away, uh, you know, you're like, wow, this is, how is this going to, how could this fail? And the special effects are, I will say, not bad at all. Pretty good effects. But trying to follow the story of this fucking thing, I was like, okay, I have no there, fucking idea. I mean, what's it, even this happening. was just definitely the case of where it was like they tried to do too much. Like there were too many plot lines. Like there's this thing with the egg, and there's this baby, and then there's like this dude that gets weaponized, and you're just there's like kaiju, you know? Like it's this was just whoo. Weirdly, like we're in the minority, apparently. You and I, at least, I don't know what everybody else thinks. Um, well, I, I would say with you guys, I it was it started out pretty tight. It was I, I thought it was going to be along lines of the first one where it was sort of a smaller B movie, um, and they're like in L.A. and and uh, and they they fight their way out of the subway and they find that they're under alien attack and they're going to get sucked up in these ships trying to save each other. Um, but I was thinking, like, when are the raid guys going to show up? Because I've been promised the raid guys. And no. when you were promised the raid guys, I I want the raid guys. Yeah. So should, what happens is the second half of the movie launch with that. is more of a Michael Bayish. I mean, once they get sucked in the ship, it becomes more of a Michael Bayish action movie. and Which, you know, it, rather than sort of the smaller one, which was an invasion movie. And they fight their way out, and, they, and then the ship is over. The ship's gone over... Um, uh, oh, is it Indonesia? I think, or anyways, yeah, but, but where, wherever they land, um, they the the raid guys are there, and they and they they're they're mounting a, a small resistance. But I you you wish kind of the movie had been more Frank Grillo and those guys team up, and it, it does sort of become that movie, but more like that's the third act of the movie, and to me that was kind of a bummer because that's the movie you really want to see Frank Grillo rescuing his son as an LA cop. It's interesting, but it it didn't. It wasn't as exciting as that stuff, but I agree with Chris that the action was a little... It, when you watch The Raid, I think, you know, it's not just that those guys are great, it's that they're, they're filmed so magnificent, like, magnific- magnificently? Yeah. yeah Sorry. Okay, that's already the bourbon kicking in. I'm missing words. <laughs> but, um, but it... Uh, and I think the film, unfortunately, like you said, it does go to the Michael Bay. You know, we shot the Sermillion Angles, we cut it all together. Um, so I don't think I enjoyed it near as... And also, I think Giant... Action sci-fi like Russ says, a bunch of people fighting gray guys. I mean, it was neat, and it, it, I think the movie, in some ways, is is, is it's a it's a secret um, that it becomes that. You know, you think when it starts, it's going to be smaller, and they get way bigger than you think they're going the thing to. Is like that first act mm-hmm. is building towards something that seems like it's going to be just bigger and better. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm with it at first. I'm like, whoa, you're showing me some crazy shit. I'm kind of like, I love you're on the ship, and yes, of course, it's one of those like, why does every fucking super intelligent alien race with a hard on for uh, conquering love goo? But still, like, it's. 
Who's like, the love of goo is not limited to I aliens. Actually, I, I actually disagree with that. I felt like the thir- the first act was definitely just like a straight up War of the Worlds ripoff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was literally the same exact plot. The kid getting sucked up and him going after him and then blah, blah, blah. Literally? Well, not literally. I, I, but I, <laughs> I'm going to call you on the but I, I see, it's, it's okay. I agree you with you a little bit. I, I just think that there's a point in the movie where they're, they're in the tunnels, and I think they said they were trying to get to Koreatown or something. And though they're not Korean, I thought that's where they were going to meet the guys from the raid, and they were going to mount a fight in... <laughs> but no, in, like an hour Well, that's what I thought, is they're going to... They're like, they're like in Ella, that's where they were going to yeah. go. They were going to meet the guys from the raid there or something, and instead... That's where they were leading the resistance, and instead it's this complicated story, so... And then there's, like, this, like, messianic baby, it's, it's, and, I mean... It's yeah, fine for a giant aware. alien action movie. Well, you didn't... You walked out of the no, movie, but even so you, you didn't see the ending. No, I did. This is one of those ones, like, 20 minutes... I really had to pee, and I was like, I'm gonna pee, and then I'm, like, walking back to the theater, and I go... Do I really want to go back in the theater? Do I care what happens at this I'm gonna point? I'm going to go have a beer. The movie's almost over. Do I care? I didn't care. So I didn't care. Well, Rob and I toughed it out. And I didn't have to tough it out. I liked the movie. I mean, I didn't love the movie, but I was fine with the giant... It's a giant alien action movie with the guys from the raid. Like, it does become that. And so, do I think it's like like the greatest thing we want? No, but I mean, I think it's a big, loud action movie. One of my favorite parts was when the raid guys did show up, and then when they showed up, they showed up beautifully. Mm-hmm. Like, they were, like, kicking ass. There was some great martial arts In some ways, I wish they'd been the heroes of the movie. I agree, 100%. You know? I can't go with, there with you, because I'm like, as, as you said earlier, it's like, man, you know these are some of the best physical performers in the world, and the camera guy's like, just shake the camera everywhere! Yeah, the and I'm like, is no, I, 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 like, that's I awful. That. That's like someone like going like, here's the best meal in the world, we're gonna throw it at your face. Like, Cover I, I, and like, ketchup? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, what is the fuck, dude? Like, yeah. I, I found it to be that much, it's that much worse, because the guy, the people who make this have no idea how to shoot an action film, when you have the best literally the best action people who exist and this time I do mean literally uh, <laughs> in the world doing it alright well that's Beyond Skyline it is a you can check it out I'm sure it'll be is it? Is it I don't think it's out yet but it I, will I be I think it's out it's out is it out it's it is out. VOD yeah. okay uh, well it came out theatrically Oh wow! Yeah, yeah it's oh. in the theater. Yeah. All right. Um, there was a very great Q and A as well. Yeah, we had the um, the makeup, uh, the makeup, the special effects. Yeah, and he also directed the practical effects. Yeah, and he yeah. had brought actually. They do he actually do. Of the, yeah. yeah, they actually built all the and you see it in the credits. They show you how they did everything, mm-hmm. and I was surprised how that much was of the movie was super practical. Cool. The yeah. gag reel was amazing. Yeah, so worth kind of checking that out, especially if you're a fan of uh, behind the scenes stuff. All right. What's next? next? All right, so like we were all going to pick a movie that we felt like was worth discussing uh, from other worlds. So, Rob, why don't you go first and pick one of the films that you saw that you thought was worth discussing? Well, I mean, hands down for me, the movie of the festival was Hostile. Yeah. Um, I it, it's uh, I guess it hasn't. I don't know if it's gotten a big release yet or where where you can see. I think it's really just making the um, the festival rounds. But it's a uh, post apocalyptic uh, thriller with. Um, a young woman who is making her way through a wasteland, a desert, and um, and is uh, trying to get back to what's obviously where she and some other survivors have camped out. And she's, she's like a scout scavenger type yeah. person. And um, there's some kind, and there's an I am legend type vibe that there's these creatures out there that um, were probably formerly human that that can get you if you're if you're on your own. And uh, the movie begins to 
uh, bisect itself, it flashes back to who she was before that, where she was uh, a struggling drug addict who falls, who uh, has a, a guy who kind of has a shit together fall for her, and they, it's their love story. And um, I... I, I mean, I love this movie. I mean, it's, it is probably, it may be on my favorite movies of the year. What? Um, yeah, I really, really like I, this. I didn't see this one. Well, I this, I know, unfortunately. The only people that went with the Summers Brothers. And unfortunately I, I for me, it's just a movie that is up my alley. Like, I love that it was, you know, the, the, the flashback structure, the I Am Legend uh, vibe to it. And, um, you know, the movie starts with this amazing shot, uh, close up of like a gun and it gets tossed on this map. And it's obviously a car seat. And you hear the car start to drive and it pulls back to these, um, these, uh, obviously drone shots of her, the, her, vehicle driving through the desert and she puts in a tape and they play this slow cover of house of the rising sun. And I was like, this, this is my movie. Like I want to, I like what is going to have this movie. So I loved it. Um, I think the leads were great. And, uh, I I mean, I, I encourage everybody to check it out. I don't know what the distribution will be on it. Um, Xavier Jens, who, uh, produced it. He directed like Hitman and some other stuff, but the director wasn't anybody, um, that I knew. I think he'd only done a short or maybe Matt, Matthew Turi. Yeah. Who, uh, let's see here. He is better known as a second unit yeah. assistant director than he is a director. But, um, yeah, I just really liked it. I'd yeah. say, I'd say the very last 10 minutes, I, I have mixed feelings about, I don't know that I, I but I, and thinking about them, they may have been a little more successful, but it was a neat idea that this woman who struggled in, everyday life sort of thrived in the apocalypse that that was where she was kind of and, meant to yeah be. and i think also it, it was kind of great that it was this unapologetic sort of post-apocalyptic zombie-ish movie and then in in the same sense it was it was a, a really great um relationship movie in in sort of modern day and and i i think i was somewhat surprised because you'd think you know being being the guys we are we'd be like oh yeah you know the stuff in the the you know modern day just a love story was boring, but it was really great. Um, and I I just wanted to give a shout out. Uh, there's a the guy that plays her boyfriend in the movie um, is this sort of uh, French. Um, he looks like Bradley Cooper or something. He was he was really good looking and cool. And I thought absolutely fantastic. I, I was like I don't know how this guy doesn't become a giant movie star. Is that his, his name is, is him? yes Gregory. Fatusi. I love he, he had like more trouble with Gregory than he did with. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Gregory. Anyways, but he's he's really great in the movie, and uh, uh, I, I hope to see more stuff from him. He 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 was just amazing. He could deliver any line of dialogue they threw at him. I, um, so I kind of man crushed all over him. Um, I didn't watch. Is a foreign language film or in English? No, no it's, it's, all in, English. it's all in English. And yeah. they filmed in New York, Morocco, and somewhere else. It, it looks it's, amazing. It's really and cool. it has Javier Botet in it, who is like one of my favorite people in the whole entire world. He probably played the monster. He's the he does yeah yeah. And I absolutely like he played Mama. I was when well, we walked he was out in two pigeons. Like, I he was. Played so, so bummed that y'all hadn't gotten to see yeah. that movie. I know. We really you were. told me you immediately were like, yeah. uh, "Hostile yeah. was." The I showed best up movie. late that day because so I was seeing a, a screening on the other side of town, and and y'all were like, "I think I think it'll probably be able. You'll probably be able to see it. So I think it's making the festivals." But Russ, did you have something? Um, so I I saw a bunch of movies actually. Looking over my list, uh, Rob and I really went to town I feel on this because like you saw most the most. Yeah, I, I really tried. Well, because normally Rob and I go to a film festival, we're really only there for a day or two, and you know you get to see your movie, and maybe if you're lucky, you get to see one or two others. So because Other Worlds is here in Austin last year and this year, Rob and I just really took advantage of it. Um, 
So uh, uh, I went to see uh, Patience and I went to see a movie um, at the beginning called uh, Everything. I guess Chris was there. Uh, uh, Everything Beautiful is Far Away. Ah. And um, it was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, I thought it was an interesting science fiction movie. It was. Um, Set in, I mean, it, it's sort of ambiguous where it's set. It's obviously in, you know, a, a, a sort of dystopian future, and people are sort of slowly leaving these cities because it's too expensive or dangerous or whatever to live there. And so, this kind of antisocial guy who has this robot that has kind of fallen apart, so he's really just got the head on his backpack, um, is wandering through this desert, and it's it's a little more arty of a sci-fi movie. Kind of almost has a a. Uh, 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 Terrence Malick uh, sort of vibe to it, so um, w- which is up my alley. I I love Terrence Malick, and I I like that it wasn't kind of an action packed movie. I, I think the director really wasn't going for that. There wasn't a lot of conflict. The the girl in it, um, Julia Garner, yeah, who's, who's great, becoming one of the most interesting young actresses in Hollywood. Yeah. And and you you guys may recognize her. She she's in Ozark, yeah. uh, and she's in Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, exactly Perks right of being from Ozark. yeah. The, you'll, you get super yeah. blonde, like curly hair. Um, so she's great. It was great to see her once again. She she gives a really good performance. So I'm sure she's going to yeah. be doing big things. It's a cool cast. The lead actor Joseph Cross has been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's been cool in a cast. lot of stuff. With like Lincoln and Milk and Running with Scissors. He's like one of those guys. You're like, oh, I recognize yeah. You you guy. totally recognize him. Like if Spielberg and Soderbergh cast you, you're doing something like rare. The thing about this movie is this was a movie that kind of sits with you. Yeah. You know, like you see it and you're like, okay. But then the more you think about it, the more you're like, okay, you know, like the more I thought about this movie, the more I liked it. I, I completely agree. And yeah. at first I walked away from it. And I was like, well, I mean, it was a movie, you know, <laughs> it was meandering. It, it definitely, it did not have a strong narrative. Yeah. yeah. But, um, actually when, um, the director was there for the Q and A and yeah, Pete Os, Os. And he mentioned that he was really influenced, like, RPGs, like Final Fantasy and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this movie totally clicked for me right then. Because, yeah, it makes sense. Because it's, like, this guy who just is wandering through these, like, this desert, through these sand dunes. And he's, like, coming up on... Sometimes he comes up on an NPC. Sometimes, you know, he comes up on a character that joins his quest. I started thinking of it in the exact same way. But to be fair, the reasoning was because it's the only thing that was getting me through the movie. Really? I actually, I actually ended up liking this movie a lot. Yeah, um, I, I, I did too. And, and and I wanted to say real quick, he. Uh, I'm sorry, patience. No, 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 you're good. So, um, one of the things I thought was really neat in the movie is that you find out that the lead character in his giant backpack, he's carrying this little notebook, and in it, he's drawing a, a samurai comic book, which I thought was a really neat character touch, and and you know, kind of added some thematic elements to it. That was my favorite part of the movie. It, it, it's, like, I was like, keep showing me pages of that comic. Because I would read that comic and, book. And here's the thing about the comic book. The comic book was drawn by, and this will mean something new if you're a big comic book nerd, was drawn by uh, the, the truly great uh, artist slash writer uh, uh, David Mack, who does Kabuki and has done tons of other stuff. Um, and uh, uh, so I just, uh, that alone to me was, I thought, enough of it. So it was sort of representative of the things that I liked about the movie. Um, I, we'll see if it, if it, um, 
if it shows up on streaming or, or what. Should. But I think it's worth, I, you know, I think if you have the patience for it, yeah. I think it's, I know, every time that word's going to come up, we're all going to laugh. Um, I, I think that you, I think that uh, uh, it's worth it's worth seeking. And I thought it was one of the more interesting. But it really was a, a very pretty movie. It was, yeah, and, really, really pretty. Um, I actually kind of liked where it went in the end. Um, and, but that robot Susan is a fucking cunt. Just <laughs> wow. She's the worst. Wow. When the robot starts talking, yeah. she's just like the um, worst, most like... Three degrees. She's like this left. Hollywood cliche of a Jewish mother who's really disapproving and is just like, oh, it's not really what I would have done. <laughs> like, Jesus, what a trenchant film criticism you've you given, Chris. You went through so much work to turn this fucking thing on, and then it's all like, you're not She's very good at what you do, are you? All right. Uh, does anybody else have another movie? It's definitely worth a look. I, I enjoyed it. Yes. Phil, was there something you wanted to mention? Um... Yeah, uh, I only saw three movies. I wasn't there for all. So a what were they? Um, well, I watched. Um, what was the last one? You like you liked yeah. Curvature. I thought Curvature was fun. Uh, I feel like I'd rather talk about Fractured though. All right, let's oh, talk about Fractured. Okay. Just, just because, like, I'm uh, so Fractured. Uh, we saw that on like what was it, like a Thursday night or Friday night? No, Saturday or, afternoon. I think Saturday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all runs together. together. <laughs> um, but the thing, like, so it, it, it had a lot of, I guess. Uh, Promise, if you will, but there was like a lot of. I'm, I'm talking about it more so from a standpoint of uh, there's things to learn from watching this movie, and uh, I always like to find like film things in movies. And so I'm watching this movie, and I, you know, I don't know how many movies this director's made. Um, can we click on that? Let's see how many movies this filmmaker made. I'm, uh, I'm still trying to find it because there's like 80 movies. Uh, there are a lot of fractures. Yeah. Anyway, um, and watching this film, and it's about a, you know, these uh, two characters, and they seem like they're in love, and they're in a car ride saying they need this vacation. They get to this house, and there's this person stalking them when they get to this house. Um, but, like, something that, that, that really kind of stuck with me in this movie, which I just wanted to, like, I don't know, hop in a time machine, if you will, and just, you know, be there on set. Just feel like a little, little drop, little nuggets, because there's certain things where I'm like, man, they fell for some pitfalls that I feel like the movie was almost a really, really good movie. But I feel like they kind of uh, they kind of did this thing where I'm like they, they they held the value of a twist over the value of characters development, and I feel like as a filmmaker, like like looking at that film, it's something really that we can all like you know learn from and like you know learn about. Is I feel if the twist isn't as interesting as your characters could become, then don't do it. And I'm watching this movie and really really wanting to love it and where it's going, and then I'm like. The characters never really got a chance to grow because the twist was such a huge giveaway when they gave it away that I knew nothing about these characters. And then you kind of go in this weird time thing backwards where it kind of reshows the entire movie all over again. We already know where it's kind of going. But it had a lot of promise, and I feel like, in all honesty, like a few little tweaks here and there, and I would have loved it. I was really with it with the yeah. first half. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, it's, it's you know, it's it, it feels like it's a, it's leading towards a either a home invasion film or a weird shit happening deep in the country, like maybe Aliens or something yeah. film. And, but that's the fun of the first half, is that you just don't know. It's playing with you, and it keeps doing... And it I has mean, a clever twist. It does have a clever twist. Oh, it's just yeah. the execution of the twist after that It's point. just that, yeah, the... Cl- Clever choice is like now. Let's go back and see the entire other the rest. The, see the entire film again, but yeah. from the the viewpoint of someone else who was involved. Yeah, and like recontextualize everything. And I was like, that's clever, but 
I there's no more surprises. There's left. no more new information, so you're watching 40 minutes of stuff. But like yeah. at the same time, like I'm not gonna you know dog on the movie. It had a lot of potential. That's some cool, uh, cool, interesting stuff. I thought the idea of it was cool. I just think that like some of the ex- execution could have maybe been a little better here and there. But you know, I think that this is just one of those movies that suffers from being a, a smidge too long. You know, it's it's just. They they coming did. in a whopping ninety minutes <laughs> on the nose. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's not the eighty best minutes. Way. But I mean, I feel like minutes. they spent like you know a good twenty minutes of the the third act just like rehashing the whole entire first part of the movie, which I, was unneeded. I feel like it dumbed dumbed down the audience. Like the audience is like, oh, we're gonna treat them like they don't know what's going on, and we're like, clearly we know what's going on. We get the twist already. It- we don't need everything to be explained to us. But otherwise, I really like the concept. I really like the first half of the... I mean, I I kind of knew what was going to happen in the end. Yeah. Um, it's, there's, like, a, a point where, you know, when the lead character says this, like, thing, and you're like, oh, that's, you know, I, I get it. I, I think... Um, for, it's worth watching. It's worth watching for sure. Yeah, so. well, it was interesting. I didn't find the first half as... Uh, it's interesting you guys liked the first half so much. I, I was not particularly enamored of it. I thought it was... It was clearly going somewhere, it's but slow. yeah, it was very slow and, and not much happened. And, and the stuff that did happen, I mean, there was sort of some some bumps in the night and stuff. And and it was it, it obviously was leading somewhere, and I, I was curious where that was. It, it does have the the big twist, and and I think I agree with everybody's criticisms of the twist completely. That said. I did not see the twist coming in any way. Agreed. And 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 I was. I was so blown away by the twist, which I thought was really neat, and probably the first four or five minutes after you know it's revealed, I was I was so blown away with that that I thought the movie was worth watching just for that. Even though I agree with you guys, I didn't find the the first half or the second half after the twist particularly strong, but it it, it really did play with my expectations of the movie, and and so I it I, I'm I'm I. Normally, I'm not that guy. I, I I think the real problem is is that you have a lot of these films um, that came out, particularly probably about ten or fifteen years ago after the Sixth Sense or something. They, everybody had to have a twist in a movie, and and when they did, what what I think most people fail to realize is is that a really great movie with a twist, like The Sixth Sense or Memento or something it like works that, works regardless of twist. It, it, you would love it either way. If it didn't have it in there, you'd still be one of your favorite movies. Well, it, I mean, not to like even like throw another one of those because it's not like my favorite movie or anything like that. But like you look at a movie like Saul, right? Yeah, it's got a big twist, but it's not the characters that are twisted. It's something that's not like you know, like like Bruce Willis. Even if he wasn't dead, that, that wasn't going to change. You were still everything Wait, about his character. He was dead the whole time. read that whole thing. Point, point being is twists work when it doesn't have to do with your character's information you're giving to the eye. I, I agree with you, and I think that is yeah. a problem, is that withholding information that does not make you a particularly clever screenwriter. But giving is, too much information does not make you a particularly well, clever I mean, obviously, yeah. yeah. This isn't just a twist film. This is Rashomon with only two parts. You know, and like with that technique, someone should come up with a name like Rashomoning or something. But you know what I mean? Like it's like oh, well, Rashomon's one other perspective. But Rashomon's in, in, intentionally false narrative. This is yeah. not this is just lying to me, like as a director, not as a character. Right. But it's, it's one not, thing to be like Kaiser Jose. It's not filtered through another person's find explanation. Yeah, find the context through what you're seeing, in which you're not. You know, you're only uh, you're everything yeah. you're seeing is true. But you're looking like, at because you're coming into it going, these are the protagonists. Like I'm just saying, imagine this movie if it played through from A to Z and you actually watch the characters like you know what they've done. 
it, it, you feel dirty watching this movie. You'll feel like, oh man, what's going on? And I don't want to give anything away, but I would rather watch that movie than the twist and then rewatch the other. That's all. That's whatever. interesting. Yeah. I haven't really considered it. I anyway. I, I I like the movie. I'm probably exactly with Russ. Like I found the first part somewhat tedious. I I was like, this isn't poorly made, but it's a little slow, and I I don't think it feels like it. I'm like, this really isn't that scary or anything. And then the twist happened. I again did not see coming and. It forced you to reevaluate what you've been looking at. Like almost immediately, it's all snapped into place. Like, oh, okay, now I understand. I was looking at something. I thought it was something else. It's it needed a third twist. It needed something in the third act that, like you were saying, new information that throws in the, it throw, again throws in the question of the movie, or at least surprises you again. And I feel like it didn't have that. So in some ways, I almost feel as patient as it was too long. Like, if this had been a twenty-five minute short, yeah. you would have probably won the festival. Yeah. People yeah. would have been like, oh my oh, god, it's amazing. Easy. But because it's so long, I feel like you're, you're waiting for it to yeah, pay ten, off. Ten minutes. Right. You, you're waiting for it to pay off again because the, the yeah. story it's telling doesn't yeah. pay off a strong bit. What, what, what's next? Patience, what do you um, got? My favorite movie of the festival was Naw. Um, which was directed by Halar. I hope I'm saying that right. That sounds right. Halar Garcia. Cool name. Um, this was just a nice little surprise. I, I it it was definitely a horror offering um, in this sci-fi festival. So I was like super excited. I was like, this is definitely a straight up like independent horror film. Um, it's about this girl who's, uh, escaping her abusive ex-husband, who is also a police officer, and she moves, I, I believe it's set in Denver, Colorado, um, that was the impression that I got, and she moves into this, like, nondescript apartment building, and befriends her downstairs neighbor, who just happens to be uh, Kyle Gass from Tenacious D, who yeah. definitely stole the show. Like, he was so great in this film. He's like the kindly, maybe closet, homosexual uncle who, like, takes her under his wing and just, like, brings her a turtle. Um, you know? <laughs> Pet turtle, yeah. for the record. Not like, like here's a here's a turtle, you should eat it. They're delicious. <laughs> pet turtle. Brings her a turtle. I can't remember the turtle's name, but it was really good. Yeah. It was like a Tina Turtle. Yeah. That's what it was. Because she was obviously, a, you know, a victim of domestic violence. It just feels um, the biggest problem is just that every time Cal Gas comes on screen, you remember how much not as good it was when he wasn't on screen. That's true. You're just like, oh man, every scene he's in, you're well, really com- funny and charming. Well, she, he, this whole motel, or I want to say motel because it kind of looked like a motel, but this apartment building that she moves in into has a lot of characters and they're all like bring a certain element. It's it's actually a very sweet movie. Sally Kirkland plays the manager of the hotel. Who's you're just like, a total- I never would have recognized in a billion oh, no. And she's like, you know? She's like a, a total bitch. Um, there's like this hippie guy who's like on LSD all the time. Anyway, so um, her next door neighbor cries all the time, and um, to the point where it's just keeping her up at night. And she you finally they're shooting the Babadook next know, door. Right? <laughs> exactly. So she goes next door to confront her next door neighbor, and then hijinks ensue. I don't want yeah. to give it away because there really is a group. From there on, she's haunted. I will say that, like, this film, like, 
I, it took me a little while to get into. Yeah, like, a little bit. I, at first, I'm like, there's nothing wrong here. I'm enjoying it more co- as comedy than horror. But it feels like a really, in the horror level, felt like you're dealing with a really lame viral film that's taking forever to get going. But then when you realize you're dealing with the awesome part of Trilogy of Terror, actually, you're just like, oh, wait, I kind of like this. This is really good. It's really, I mean, I hate <laughs> to say a horror movie is a sweet story, but it was really kind of a sweet story. I, I kind story. of felt like it was a coming-of-age story. It's this woman who's been, you know, a victim of domestic violence. Her cop husband is still giving her a hard time and just being a total dick to her. And she finds her inner strength through this, you know, rash. Yeah. Through this rash. Yeah. That she's like... Needs some cortisone. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. I was He kept going. I thought there was going to be a payoff. I just contemplated every life choice that it brought me to this moment. And I just didn't even know what to do. I was confused and upset, and I was scared, and I was looking for a hug. That's really the way. Did anybody else feel like yes? Also, Russ, hold my hand. He made eye contact with me the whole. <laughs> I was questioning the way she phrased it. I was like, I don't think she got. I don't think that's a she that is totally not. That is totally nothing about what you're talking about came across <laughs> what you were doing. Okay, we're moving on to uh, okay. Chris. Did you have a movie you wanted to talk? No, about? actually, I didn't. Except for Doll, which I enjoyed. Well, I, I will I, say I enjoyed the Shorts Festival. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the Shorts, and and I think um, we were we were talking to, to Bears, who's the the founder of the festival, and he had mentioned that the Shorts are always super popular. That that that's one of the biggest things in the festival, which I think is great. I mean, I think that's one of the great things about film festivals. It's a great place to see Shorts and and to have Shorts be celebrated. Um, and so, yeah, they they had a really great lineup last year and then this year um, I was going to say that the sci-fi shorts Rob and I went to so, see. So yeah, so so there was two sets of sci-fi shorts. I saw one with Patience um, uh, and that was uh, the they, they all they have a theme, all that can be known um, and uh, real quick I'll just try and uh, there, there, qu- there were quite a few in it um, there was uh, one called Seam which was uh, it's kind of giant action type thing where there's a, it's the future where they've they've made a it, it's an allegory very much in the Middle East where they made a promised land for these robots that are at war with humans and but the robots that are left inside society are now um, and that uh, kind sleeper of- bombs like uh, time bombs and so it's about one and she's trying to get to the promised land it's really kind of more of a visual effects reel type that I think shorts that people are doing more where you can feel he's probably written a larger script there's a lot more to it. You know, as a filmmaker, I was like, holy crap, look at all these special effects. As a story, I think, again, it suffers from what a lot of shorts suffer from, which is they cram a lot of story into a tinier thing. Um, Even though it was, like, legitimately a full 21 minutes. Yeah. Uh, But it was was beautiful. Yeah. There was another one called The Quantified Self, where this family is trying to um, be the perfect family, but they're trying to do it mathematically, and so everything in their life is sort of weighed or, or measured by these computers in the house. And then there's some weirdness going on. I, I didn't. I thought that one was mildly interesting, but I didn't find the payoff to be particularly great. Did you? Did you like it, Patience? It, it had some weird religious undertones yeah. that were not quite explained. The cats are going. Sorry, the so cats are going. Yeah. Um, that. But I mean, overall, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It, you know. It, it was okay. Um, there was another one called the. Uh, 
the Nino, which was yeah. about uh, this steampunkish sci-fi thing where there's um, uh, different people are all in search of this mythical creature that uh, lives under the sea but can also like curse you. And one is a family who's been cursed by it and they've been searching for it for a long time. It, it, I thought it visually was really neat. It had a neat world. Again, it felt like a much bigger story crammed into... And it literally was, like, to be continued. Yeah. You know, so they were definitely so looking be, for a there was, there was one in particular you guys told so me that you really loved. Yeah. Einstein Rosen. The one that we really loved was Einstein Rosen, which is, there's it, it was a, a Spanish-language short about the... It starts these two little kids in 82, and they come up with their soccer ball, and they think that the front of their apartment building has a wormhole in it. And that leads to leads through space and time. And they argue it, and they're super smart about wormholes. And it's really funny. The kids are terrific. And the one kid throws his ball through the wormhole, and then it comes back later, and it's 35 years later, and they're they're waiting to see if the soccer ball is going to come back. So that I that short, we it was just really charming. Was yeah, so like if, actually watching soccer. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Um, really? Yeah, Gosh. but I do. If you can find Eisenstein Rosen, uh, I do. That's the name of like I think that's a wormhole theory or something. Einstein Rosen. Einstein, right. Einstein, Einstein Rosen. Rosenbridge. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, well, I was just going to say on the the ones that the Rob and I went to see, because yeah. uh, I thought it was a particularly that strong was the paradox of choice. Yeah, yeah, there was a, it was a particularly strong showing of shorts. Um, that were, was probably my favorite short lineup. There, there were a couple uh, in particular. Um, there was one called A Crimson Man, which I think also was probably part of a larger story, but was sort of a uh, a steampunky kind of comic booky story about a world where obviously man and robot have um, been at war, but this little kid has befriended this giant robot. The robot was amazing. It was this really practical. It's like a very tin tin. What is it? To- he looks like the Iron, Iron Giant, Giant or something yeah. kind of. But he's red and and uh, and him and the robot have kind of teamed up to try and get off this island. And it, it was it was neat. Um, the the other one that I was going to say was really great was one called They Charge for the Sun, which was about this kind of futuristic dystopian Brooklyn, but it was in this bigger world where you have to pay yeah. to to see the sun. But I think the sun is kind of dangerous yeah. at that point too. Um, but it was a really sweet story. It wasn't even it's not really about that premise. It's more about this uh, this family, this um, this working mom and her and her um, daughter. Yeah, and her, and her daughter, and then. Um, and then the other one that was really great was one called uh, Paleonaut, which was about these uh, this science program. They're going to send this um, they're going to send someone back in time, and so the uh, the this one scientist, uh, this female scientist, wants to um, apply for it, and she ends up not getting it. They give it to this other person, and she has to train him. But they they kind of fall in love, and it was. Absolutely beautifully made. Um, uh, the guy is a, a really talented filmmaker. I'll, I'll be very curious to see what he does next. And he was, I guess he shot it in Beijing. It was it was really amazing. That's terrific. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm interested in moving this along. Let's yeah. Go to the horror ones, real quick. Yeah. We'll blaze through those, but we we should. My the- favorite was Couples Night. Oh. There's, there's like <laughs> Summers Brothers. Um, I, I hope those guys are so that. handsome. I know. They're really the, good at Q and A. More yeah. twin directors. Do you feel like no, that's just I, a gimmick? Seriously though, no, you guys and Q and As are like I literally have in my notes. Those Summers Brothers are so goddamn professional. Like you guys ask. Interesting questions. Like you guys take over Q and A's. You're just like, well, I'm just gonna, you know. Well, I, I do. I, I do want to say about that. I think 
Q&As are one of the things I really love about about film festivals. I think that's one of the reasons you go is to, you know, see the filmmakers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, I guess, um, Chris usually, he's, you know, he's been to a lot of these festivals and he leaves for the Q&As, not... Uh, not sort of, I mean, he, he just, as he said, he likes to th- sit and think about the movie as, as he is sort of experiencing it and what, what his thoughts are. So he doesn't actually go to them. So I um, thought that was interesting. So, uh, there, a, a bunch of, the ones we showed were pretty great. Uh, and, and we enjoyed a lot of them. I just wanted to, like we said, we've been talking about a lot of movies, so we need to get to alien horror, but the one we wanted to mention, um, specifically was, uh, we decided patience and I, while we were watching shorts, Said, you know what? We should uh, because Russ and I make shorts. Phil's made shorts. Um, we we like that format, and um, it never gets enough play because you know you mostly review features. So I think from now on we're going to try and whenever we pick a new category um, per month, we'd like to try and feature a short, whether or not it has something to tie in with our category or not. And the one we want to pick was in this particular one. It's available online for you to see, and it was called Holiday Fear. Yeah, yeah. you can YouTube it. You can get yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, it was it was def, it was is a solid hit. And Russ and I also showed with it at Fantasia in Montreal, and it, it killed there as well. Um, so for this Christmas, get your Holiday Fear on. Um, it's available uh, to stream online. I think the guy said it's, it's on Vimeo. It's on Vimeo, and it's super short. Yeah, like, you've got no excuse like not minutes. to watch it. It's a four minute yeah. short. But it's, it's, it's one I mean, it's a big laugh to it. Yeah, it's and like, I think I mean fun. I was dazzled just by the first shot because I think a lot of shorts spend a lot of time setting stuff up, but they cut to like basically the setup in a couple of shots. You know exactly what's happened and, and the genre it's setting yeah. up. You've yeah. seen it in every big. Halloween yeah. movie or whatever. This is this is what happens when a horror movie ends. Right, right. Is how I would it was really it. fun. The actors were terrific. Uh, so, anyways, we yeah. highly recommend that, and uh, that's kind of we're gonna we're gonna put that on our Facebook page as well. Yeah, we're we'll gonna link it and everything. So, okay, I know we're gonna get to alien horror. So, yeah, let's get to. Um, alien just want to say, if other worlds, I think the main thing, the main takeaway was you can take away from this is that even if you don't like all of the movies you're gonna see, and I've been to a lot of festivals, and I don't like a lot of movies at festivals. Um, I love sci-fi and horror. This is a dedicated sci-fi and horror um, festival, which for us, for me, is like nerd nirvana. Other things, like they say that, but it's not as strict as this one is. It really does play with genres. And I think even if you don't like the movies, you will have a blast at this festival. Yeah, and I think also film festivals are about the process of discovery. I think that's what's fun about going to film festivals is that you may not like the movies, but I think there's a great atmosphere of, of artistry and you know community when you go to film festivals. And I think that's the main reason that you go. Also, there. you get to party and hang out with the people who A, make Absolutely. the movies and other film fans, which I love talking. We had a couple of really nice people they just want to talk about our movie and I, I couldn't be happier like, it's it like Nirvana so, and yeah. I mean I talked to some of the curators the programmers and they really care like they put a lot of their time and effort they're all volunteers none, yeah. of, none of them are getting paid for this they put a lot of time and effort screening movies and choosing the ones that they think are going to be the best fit for mm-hmm. their audience yeah. and it really is a, a process and they, they I mean they work their butts off yeah my, my main takeaway is like, festivals have to grow, you know, and it only grows through support. And this is their fourth year, and they're doing a great job. You know, in year four, they're, they're, they're ahead of a lot of other people that have only been around for a couple of years. And so, you know, through, you know, support and getting out there and watching the movies and uh, showing up and, you know, drinking the beer and having a taco, whatever you want to do, just <laughs> supporting it. And then the quality will continue to go up and up and up and up. And I, I liked most of the stuff I saw there. There were a couple I didn't, but for the most part, you know, 
that's what growing is about, you know? Yeah. Shit, I watch horrible movies at South by all the time. You know, and they've got, <laughs> I watch a, a lot shittier so, movies at South by. So, so, yeah, Art so it's kind of one of those... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so, point so being she, is supported. Yeah, so she, yeah, shout out to, to yeah. Bears, Jordan, Dan, Mark, Debbie, like everybody we met there were all terrific and all film fans like uh, like you and I, so yeah. I think that's totally right. Okay. Cheers. And so now yeah. to celebrate a dividing point in the show, if you guys at home, if you've got the liquor ready, it's time to pour yourself a shot. Because we are going into... The official uh, concept du jour of this next of these three shows, which is <laughs> Alien Horror. So yeah. everyone, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Doom Patrol, I'm doing a little Doom Patrol. Oh, oh, you can't tell we're drinking. It's okay. It's going to burn. All right, so Alien Horror. When that what being it, said, we're getting started. We're doing it by date. So yeah, real quick, just a quick date. backstory. Fuck. Initially, yeah. Russ, Russ and I and, and the rest of the crew, we were talking about... Yeah. Sci-fi horror is being our category, <laughs> and and while we were out, uh, patience and and Phil really made the argument that uh, alien horror in and of itself was already its own kind of thing, and so we should do a separate show that was just alien horror, not sci-fi. Um, so uh, this is what we this is the list we came up with, and, and I, I still stand by that. No, I'm super yeah. stoked that we the more sci-fi, the I'm a sci-fi. Freak, now so we, yeah, the more now the we better. get to do more sci-fi. Yeah, um, and uh, uh, so we left off the big ones. I know everybody when we put online, they all want us to review Everyone's Aliens. I'm sure you've seen Alien, and if you really want to hear us and what we think of Alien, you can always reach us on Twitter Everyone, and Facebook. Quick, Alien, thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs, thumbs up. up. Uh, way up. Masterpiece. Yeah, masterpiece. Okay. Right? It's a hack Alien. Planet of Vampire ripoff. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we're going to get a lot. I mean, we're definitely doing some more obscure, I think, alien horror. We're also doing some more familiar stuff as well. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, we're doing like two. But we're going to the like this one. I feel like we're starting with kind of some of the most influential of, stuff, absolutely. but that like your average person today you may not be aware of. May not be aware of. And I think a great place to start there is indeed, as you guys picked, the Day of the Triffids, which mm-hmm. is based on the novel by the same name by John Wyndham, who actually also based the book, uh, wrote the book The Village of the Damned. Right, oh, right, right. That's our jam, though, Indeed. right? We loved that one. Um, I did not, but I can understand you liking it. <laughs> the original black and white one. Oh, uh, Woo, John just Carpenter. making sure. <laughs> <laughs> the John Carpenter one was trash. Uh, which is also based on the John Wyndham <laughs> novel. The so. novel. You know, there was certainly like this movie adaptation, which was kind of a thing when it came out. It Day was of the like, Triffids? It was like a zombie thing when it happened where everyone was like, whoa, fucking Day of the Triffids is awesome. It was a big deal. Yeah. But so was the book and the author and a lot of other people still complain going like, you guys really kind of shit all over the ending. Like, because they were like, the producers were like, no, we kind of need this to have a pat, like, oh, humanity wins ending, and the book is not that way. Yeah, so, the book is like, the struggle goes on. All right, so, yeah, so, yeah, what's this movie about? Yeah, well, basically, uh, meteors suddenly start, like, Like Night of the Comet? Like Night of the Comet. No, that's just their speech impediment. Oh. Uh, No. um, They. (laughs) Another winner from Chris Cox. (laughs) (laughs) Collect them all. They, uh, uh, there, people were like, whoa, cool meteor storm. Meanwhile, Howard Keel, who was this 
kind of big actor at the time. He's fun. I liked well, him. Not well remembered now, yeah. but at the time he was like had a big career. Uh, I, I feel like every Simpsons actor is based on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get on here. You're an act. Here's your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Be big. Yeah. You may remember me from such films as Day of the Trippin'. He's that guy. I'm pretty sure yeah. back then the only qualification for being a, a famous actor was like your good looks. You had to have chin. chin and then super uh, hairspray dyed black hair. Well, he's a Navy officer. He's a, when, we, when we see him first, he's lying in a hospital bed. His eyes are bandaged because he had some sort of accident. He's waiting for them to heal. And the doctor, when we see him, is like the day before the meteor shower. Like, you know, tomorrow morning, if everything goes well, you should be fine. We'll take the bandages off. You should be fine. But you can't take it off before then. So it flashes like the next day. Takes him off, and he's like, where the fuck is everyone? Everyone's gone, the hospital's a mess. You may remember this beat from such movies as 20 Days Later and The Walking Dead. <laughs> the Walking Dead, yeah, it's, exactly. uh, it's a super influential moment, and it's yeah. really striking. Yeah, exactly. It really is the same. Yeah. And we, we see him starting to realize something went down, because he, uh, when he finally meets other people, everyone else is blind. Because anyone who could see, who was, like, conscious when the meteor shower was going on, is blind. And even worse, there's a bunch of carnivorous, like eight foot tall flowers, like like lurching around who are eating people. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading my notes. I'm laughing at some of the shit I wrote about. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna get good. So, so he he attempts to uh, uh, survive the apocalypse. He picks up a few people on the and way. There, and there is a parallel story. Yes. Uh, of, is of, there? Which was yeah, yeah in the lighthouse. Which was at the same time. There's a, there's a B story about a couple in a lighthouse who are scientists and they're stranded on an island and they've realized the invasion's happening. You mean the chick that just screams for five minutes? Yes, that's exactly who I mean. Yes. Holy shit, she is the cliche like helpless. Female. All right, so patience. Your thoughts on this oh, movie, oh patience? I I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I had issues with this movie. Um, I, you know, I give it a lot. It's 1962. Like, it was a different time. Mm -hmm. But the misogyny in this movie was just so bad. Like, the fact that she literally could not do anything. And he's just like, her, I guess it's her lighthouse husband, or I don't know. He's just like, drunk and on scotch. (laughs) And he's just like, I hate you. And she's just like, oh, why do you hate me? Not now, patience. Let I the know. men discuss. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was so dark. And then at one point, like, okay, so they they finally make them their way to. He picks up this little girl, which is fine. But I there were some issues with the whole train sequence as well that I I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything. But um, no, this is spoiler this girl, And they they end up like who? How do they drive the fucking train if they're blind? Like how do they fucking drive the train? Anyway. It's on rails. <laughs> sure. yeah, if you find the go button, you're good to go. go. Yeah. Literally. You're like, there's okay. no steering. Yeah. I mean, why would you attempt to drive a train if you're fucking blind? Well, that, anyway. is, that is a consistent problem throughout the movies. They say, look, you're blind. Stay where you are. Stay inside. Uh, everybody's like, yeah, blind, everyone's like well, what's going on? Like, everyone's wandering. <laughs> yeah. I actually have that in my notes. It's like, did they not get the memo? Like, it says, stay fucking inside. <laughs> You've got to go do so. People have issues, too, okay? you got to go. That's true, fair. So he makes his way to this manor, 
And then he, like, goes to go do something. I forget what it was. And then he comes back, like, eight hours later, and, like, this prison gang have taken over this manor, and they're raping everyone. It was yes, just, like, as you do. I guess in 1962, these are real fears uh-huh. in 1962, I guess. And now? <laughs> I'm going to get raped. I mean, I'm definitely scared of rolling oh, gangs <laughs> escaped convicts getting into my home. And then how could the, the escaped convicts, they were all were seeing, like, they none of uh, no, I guess they were because they were all in prison. They couldn't, they couldn't they were, see. They, they were all on oh. windows. I will say... So it is very night of the all that, But all that stuff is so pressing. I mean, this is... What, what year is this? 1962. This is way before any of the other zombie stuff and that whole, like... Oh, well, the monsters aren't the real monsters. Humanity are the monsters. This is really kind of one of those, like, apocalypse has happened. Everyone's wandering So, so did around. you like the movie? Humans first? are the I, real monsters. I really did. I did okay. like the movie. It, it took, yeah. like, ten hours for one plant to get close enough to you to hurt you. But you were blind, so ten hours was, like, still dead. <laughs> oh, God. Like, the blindness was much cooler plot point than the, the killer plants. So. And, and a much more, sale, like, sort of prevalent yeah, one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, so, Phil? Phil. Phil's dying. Uh, yeah, let Phil. Phil is dying to talk I'm about it. Like, I liked it for like what it was, but it's, it's a fun movie because it felt like a dream sequence out of Harold and Kumar. Like, they're about to smoke these fucking plants up. <laughs> so high. These plants were just walking and like yeah, shambling. And, and, like shambling towards things. But like I- I'm watching it and like like, this guy's got, like, his hot wife in this lighthouse. He's like, shut up, broad. Bring him my scotch. How come I only got one bottle, broad? Like, he's like, every, like, he treated her so horribly, and she was beautiful and trying to be thought, like, so she was trying to be considerate every scene. She is super support. I totally agree. Weirdly, none of that was in the book. None of that was in the original movie. They filmed the whole movie and went, this is super short. Like, apparently a lot of footage didn't turn out, and they were like, oh, well, I guess we'll cut down to what we got, and people weren't available anymore from the main cast, and they were like, we're going to hire some people to film a whole subplot my favorite, just to fill out the running cut. So my favorite scene about that entire couple sequence is the creatures are breaking, and you see this huge fucking sign that goes, seawater, extremely corrosive, only use in the... And I'm like, Really? <laughs> Like, yeah. I mean, it's just things like that were kind of comical to me. Where it's like, I get it, it's 1962, but there were people making brilliant masterpieces in 1962. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like, and it was, it was okay. It the, was with the theme of everything else. I agree with like the writer, where it's like there was no reason to have a pad ending, and humanity will survive. I prefer the whole like humanity will keep struggling. Yeah, you know, like we'll find a way, but we don't know what. It like, is. like there are there are movies like I look at the you know. Had I, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to. It just seemed weird to me. Like I mean, I get that I'd seen it all before because people have copied this, but it's like sometimes you watch an old movie and you go, "Man, why they even bother to even do this again? This is genius." And I watch this, like yeah, I can see why they they did this again because there's so many things that like they were limited to, like special effects and VFX, yeah. and it, it mean, was fun. At the same time, I agree with the Summers Brothers um, wholeheartedly, and this is a very influ- influential movie. Like, you can see where we get, like, you know, 28 Days Later, Walking Dead, War of the Worlds, which we mentioned previously with the saltwater. I, 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 I get it, but I'm like, I still think those movies would exist without this movie. I kind of do. Like, I don't, I don't think it exists with or without I don't, without know, that, I don't know that I agree with that. Um... <clears throat> I was okay. So someone would have done it. I've always, you know, I've heard about this sure. movie for so long, and um, uh, I have to say, uh, this is just a, a quick side note. I always got this movie confused with the other, the '70s film, Food of the Gods. 
Do you, guys, do you guys know this movie? No. Uh, with the giant, like, anyway, so I thought it was that. I wasn't sure. But anyways, um, so I was, like, super excited to watch this movie. It was not the movie I thought it was. Uh, I have to say, I, I don't know that I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that the the sort of trappings of the film are very um, of its era. I mean, it, it feels like a movie that was obviously made in 1962 um, in sort of the way, you know, the, the camera work and, and the, the acting and the production design. Um, but I thought that the film itself, I I knew about the, the walking plants. I don't think I knew about the blindness thing. The scene in the subway station with the little girl and their drag. Wow, that would be horrible. Like, I mean, that to me was a movie in itself. Like, imagine being like someone's blind guy's slave because you can see and you're a little kid. Like, that was really creepy, and that was kind of left. I, I thought the movie was going so much more in that direction because that to me was terrifying. And, and then it kind of just goes, "Oh, look at these dumb fucking plants hitting your fence." Well, see, I, I thought, <laughs> I thought that, the, the, I thought that because the movie was more about the epidemic of blindness that yeah. had happened, which I was not prepared for, and I thought the movie dealt with in uh, a, a really head-on fashion. I, I thought it was really unsettling and upsetting and and scary, um, and and I. I guess you guys, I mean, I see you guys were like, ah, the plants were like kind of silly or whatever. If you take the plants out of the movie, it's a better horror movie. See, I don't know that I agree with that. I I felt that the, I actually felt that the plants were weird. They, they moved strangely. They felt otherworldly to me. I thought they were kind of scary. And, and, and I, I guess you could chalk it up to bad special effects, but, but me personally, I was very affected by them. I was affected by the movie. I thought it was creative and interesting. Uh, like I said, the, 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 the things of its air, the, the misogyny and, and the, the sort of stilted acting. But I also thought it had uh, – I, I want to say the movie is grim. I mean it is like the road grim and that is saying something. I mean it was no, it no. was really – Dark and upsetting, and and I'm but I'm sure they killed an actual dog. And and you know the the part and patience, you know the, the part patience mentioned um, with with the convicts, that was, was deeply was upsetting bad. to me. That's, that, that did not involve plants. It, it did not, but I think that, but it does involve plants because then the plants show up and here's and here's kill everybody. The thing that could you see yourself dying to a trifid? Yes, I would. I'm, the I'm fuck just out of that plant. I would blind. Yeah. yeah. Plus, let's not forget. It's but the main on. characters are not blind. I'm following the main on. characters. As it goes on, we find and out they, they spit the deadly poison, poison as well, like which you don't know at first. They like. I'm just saying, if I can't can see myself that, getting killed by a villain, I'm not scared. Of they it. can spit. I, but I, I did, and I thought that the plants were something. It, uh, they I have this scene they in the lighthouse where the guy has to fight the plant. And it does not go particularly well. Where he the, has a very difficult screams. time where the chick just screams, which is stupid. But but the part where he has to fight, I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't really know how you fight the Triffids, and that's kind of scary. The biggest problem with this movie is the stuff in the lighthouse. It doesn't really work. I didn't. I don't know that I totally agree with that. I mean, I understand the stuff with their relationship, oh, and it feels very dated. Don't you want to dissect the stingray? I'm done with the stingray. See, don't yeah. do the stingrays anymore. I've been doing stingrays for a week. I got one bottle of scotch. Yeah. I, I mean, why doesn't the boat come with more of my scotch? Sorry. Uh, I, I listen. I, I thought. I thought for the most part, though, it was a strong, sturdy film. I think it's worth seeing beyond just the fact that it's influential. What? Didn't you watch it going, man? Why hasn't anyone really reimagined this? Because but, it's a but I, and I could see that. But I did. I did feel that the movie itself is pretty pretty good for for what it is, and particularly for the era that's in. I, I mean, I do agree that it, particularly the the ending of both 
uh, plots, um, it sort of becomes the creaky movie that that you were kind of scared it was going to be. But for the most part, I, I, I was really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel the good parts of this movie were cannibalized already and already been remade. Like, I, but been I felt like, see, system. I felt like you could. This movie was beyond the fact that it was sort of influential. I thought for what it was, it, it was it was still really good in and of itself. Uh, um, so. Uh, when we put this on here, I, I had seen part of Day of the Triffids, and this goes to Chris's point. Um, this was remade in the, I think, late 70s or early 80s as a miniseries, as a, yeah, in the, and show, I had right? seen part of that. And I remember it being, I'd seen part of it when I was a little kid, and part of it as a grown-up, like, so, somewhere it was streaming, I was like, oh, Day of the Triffids, I'll watch it. I thought that's what Day of the Triffids was. I did not know it was a 62 movie when we picked it. So I remember that movie, and I remember thinking it was, it was as Chris said, it was much creepier. Like, he's stuck in the hospital by himself. He doesn't know what's going on. He's keeping, like, a journal. Um, the Triffids are different. They're more like giant flowers or whatever, and I'm, they're a little weirder, but uh, a little also maybe goofier. But um, I was like, oh. I was actually kind of disappointed we didn't watch that, but knowing now it's a miniseries, I thought it was just, like, a remake of a movie. Um, but this particular movie reminded me of... 60s sci-fi and stuff that I really like. Like what I what I thought a lot about was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. yeah. I just thought of it like being this allegory um, of uh, and and having these. And I think as we're talking about the ideas, of this movie are so striking and strong. I mean, there's a movie called Blindness with Mark Ruffalo, directed by the guy who directed City of God and mm-hmm. Constant Gardner. And it's they it's this plot, but this is only part of the plot where you know everybody's going blind. Um, Which is I agree with yeah. Russ about the Triffids. I, I see that they're clunky 50s movies monsters kind of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, they were unsettling when they showed up to me. I just... I, they're they're not human in a very unusual way that isn't like a, a lot of the other movies. They're, 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 they're utterly alien to me. And I, that I'm, threw me. I'm and, not blaming the, the, the special effects. So it's the idea of a fucking Triffid killing you. It's kind of... It's just weird to me, like because it's, it's a plant, like it definitely. But that's that was what I found. There was an there was an inhuman. There was an otherness. Yeah, an otherness that I yeah. found unsettling. Um, it's not like an in, like a giant insect will fuck you up. A giant rat. A I giant mean, ape, a I giant get that ape. in the movie they don't maybe don't pull off the Fire. concept to your liking, but to me the idea of it gave me the willies. Like it was weird, and I Fire I was struck by it. I, 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 I like the stuff. Rob, one hundred percent. Yeah, that. I, it's just I found strange. The more I thought about it, the more uncomfortable. I because when you're dealing with them, like you don't know what they're gonna do, and and there's a, there's a relentlessness to them, like. When they show up, you think like, "What are they gonna do?" Like these plants can wait. You wait you out all day, um, and uh, so the. I also, I guess, I just thought of all the movies that we watched. This <laughs> He's was trying to get all Matrix every year. He's like, "That's what we need to do: scorch the sun." Like, no, no, Phil, no. Okay, so um, but it doesn't work out. But I think that there. We talked about alien. This is an alien horror thing. Yeah. These things were genuinely alien to me. And I think that matters. I mean, I think that's important. Anyways, overall, I agree. The movie's creaky. There's there's some troubling stuff with, with men watching. and women. But if you like B-movies and you like horror movies and you like movies from the 60s or whatever, I mean, I think this is one of the better ones you're going to see. I certainly think it had a, a strong plot that moved and stuff. So I, I know we got to go on to the next thing. I don't want to go on too yeah, long on my stuff. But. It was certainly better than Planet of the Vampires. Yeah, conceptually, I'm actually... Kind of- Prepare yourself. <laughs> I, I just want to say, conceptually, I'm kind of obsessed with this movie now. I've yeah. heard about this movie for decades. I've read about it in books. Like, yeah, I mean, it's constantly brought up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is such a British thing. I don't know. I, like, I, I, I'll get around to it eventually, I guess. And now, having finally seen it, I was like, 
I see so much possibility for a very modern update on this idea because there's a lot of grotesquerie. But but couldn't couldn't you say that that in a sense that's what makes it? I think a lot of times when you go back and watch older movies, the movies that really hold up are the movies that do already have that modern streak within them, and they do. It does to some extent. Yeah. I think, like as Bill that's said, really it's been definitely a I lot. Know, of I make the greatest a lot of parts them. have already been grabbed. Yeah, by it's already been movies, but. But I think there's a lot of potential to that idea of the like that combination of everyone gets blind. They're these carnivorous, mindless things that are just shambling around that use their blindness as well as like paralyzing poison to just eat all the people on the planet. That is so deeply fucking creepazoid. No, how many trivets are there on the planet? Like, like everywhere. Well, I mean, that last well, they're reproducing shot, quickly. Remember, and the guy the talks banner, about they're, they're, they're a, starting I mean, to pollinate. Yeah, there yeah. was like a field um, yeah. that was full of triffids. All right, what's next? What do we got? Planet next? of the fucking vampires. Planet Planet of the going, oh, we, let's let's get it on. 1965. Moving forward three years with Italian director Mario Bava, who is probably better known to most people by for his movies like Black Sunday and especially Danger Diabolic. Yes, big fan. Diabolic. Diabolic. Yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some debate uh, on how to pronounce your, that. This is actually sense. the first movie that uh, his son, Lamberto Baba, who went on to big stuff himself. He directed Demons, on. didn't he? That's right. Yeah, yeah he did. And, uh, uh, oh God, what a stage fright. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Baba, like, his first job on a movie was working here as his, his uh, AD. But anyway, yeah, this was, even for Baba, this was a little odd. Baba was known for horror. He was known for sort of like early sort of pre-proto Giallo, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, mm-hmm. It definitely looked at it as the godfather of Giallo. This is, I think, uh, one of his few sci-fi adventures. It's one of his very few sci-fi uh, pro- uh, productions co-produced by AIP, uh, an Italian international film with a story that basically... Needs to be described by patience. Oh, I why do wait. I? Have I don't think we'll let Russ do it because Russ liked the movie. Right, Russ, yeah, Russ, Russ, Russ do it because I Let's fucking hated it. this movie. I um, I, upon rewatching it, and I will say what I was saying because this is the last movie I rewatched. Yeah, I was like giving you like, eh, it's not that good. And then rewatched it, I was like, that's no. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's my summary. There's a planet. And there's vampires. No, that's not. That's not, not actually the movie. Yeah, um, I've got a vampire issue here. Just go yeah, yeah. Oh shit! I didn't even think about that. I'm gonna agree with no, no. no. I don't even. The, the Planet of the vampires, vampires was a rename. The original name of the movie is Terror in Space. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, well, that sounds. Much and there is terror in space. In so this Russ, movie. quick. There's right. space and there's terror. Russ. That's my um, <laughs> plot. So my 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 plot summary was uh, 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 there's actually two ships, I believe, two mm-hmm. yeah, sister ships. That um, uh, get pulled into the the orbit, the or well. yeah, of of this uh, mysterious planet, and they're seeking this beacon. And uh, uh, should I just do the hijinks and Sue? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I I, the, the, there seems to be all these mysterious incidents around what's happening, and and the the crew themselves uh, are trying to f- uh, figure out what's going on. One particular crew are trying to figure out what's happened. On the planet to themselves, the ship, and the other ship that has crashed on the planet. And they slowly, you know, begin to explore that. I uh, I'll, I guess I'll let you guys start over there. Yeah, that. there's like, 
Okay, so take ghosts of Mars and then like put life force in there, and then you have Planet of the Vampires. And that's bad. Why? I don't understand. It's supposed to be a lot more like Ghosts of Mars. It's a lot like the original version was going to have where they were the ghosts of the original people who lived on the planet who were terrorizing. No, that's exactly what it was. But like, but where like they were literally like they weren't possessing people and what have you. They like possess people and make them kill each other. Does that sound like Ghosts of Mars to me? Yeah, it does actually. Flashbacks, yeah. at There's least. An alien <laughs> yeah, race that is possessing people when they try and pretend all like it doesn't have to be this way. I was like, well, then maybe you should have launched with a it doesn't I, have to be this way I, I instead feel of feel like killing a bunch of us. Go ahead, patience. Go ahead. I have three points to make about this movie that I hated. Yeah. Number one, um, the first point is those fucking uniforms. Am I right? They're I mean, the best. Like, I totally agree. They're fucking awesome. Singer ripped God. those fucking things up on X Men. He I did. One hundred X Men uniforms. Only one. I'd be wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> don't say shit. They are. We uh, should have those as the Doom Patrol. I would, now, no doubt about it, they're like incredibly impractical and they look super they uncomfortable. The collar their is like, they're the collar like, goes to their ears. It's which like, I love. Yeah, I, as a design thing, it's a great flourish. Oh, yeah, Hugh Jackman in that Wolverine. Yeah, it, literally. It's, it's literally the X-Men like, uniform. Literally, yeah. the whole entire movie, they like have to move their whole entire body to talk to somebody because they can't move their neck. Yeah, but they look good doing it and that's yeah. all that matters. It's, yeah, hey, it's the future. That's so how we roll. Batman, the first Tim Burton film. That's they true. What's your they they have very cold ears. And so number one, the uniform. Numero uno. Numero dos. Numero dos. Their fog budget was off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> literally, the whole entire movie is just fog machine. It's fucking awesome. It, okay. Once again, how is that not awesome? I mean, I don't know. Like, I I, I get a Number little three, like overwhelmed. That Prince song sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it was used to so far. Up. I feel like Patience is making points why this movie is awesome. Yeah, I, I know it was used to cover up the fact that he lived, the they had no said budget. They had two rocks. They were like, we had two rocks. It's basically a Star Trek set. And they had to use mirrors and, like, composite imaging to make it look like they had more than two rocks. And, and like, 8,000 fog And they just used fog to cover up the rest of it. Okay. (laughs) So the last point that I'm going to make is the main character, whoever, I don't know. Captain Mark? Yeah, that handsome guy. Yeah. Very Um, Sullivan. So he's like, he sees these, like, strange lights, and he's like... It's possible they're an alien form of life, and you're on an alien planet in the middle of space. So, so yes, it is possible that they're an alien form of life. Not from Earth. Yeah, they could be the fucking Ouroboros of that planet. You don't oh, know. Fucks. Oh, no, that's possessing the, people and but, making them kill each other. But you don't know the lights or the... And the, he doesn't know when he says that that that's what's happening either. But... Okay. Come okay. So patience hates nineteen sixty five. Is that it? Is that the only reason you like it or what? Well, and I thought that the like the meteor rejector was a terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with her hundred percent. I've like, got a couple of notes on that. You've been not- saying long enough. You've made this thing clearly. They're like, we can't even fly in space without the, <laughs> With meteor, it, without rejector. the meteor rejector. And nobody so was like, a better name I got an idea. Let's call it. Like, <laughs> I think it was lost in translation because. <laughs> it, 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 That's it, a good oh, point. Oh, this you, is a great. You point. have 
that's the thing. Like, only like two of the actors spoke English. Yeah. It's one of those classic Italian films where everyone's speaking in their own language. They're going to redub it all anyway. And the shitty overdubs is the... I didn't even mention that in my problems with this movie. It was very... But that's Italian cinema. I don't know that you can totally take away from the movie for that. I mean, there's shitty overdubs in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Even in the fucking... Bottom line is this. If you like the movie Alien, you got to at least appreciate this. Yeah. If you like Alien, you have to at least... Because this is definitely a precursor. Like, if I'm... I, I was watching the movie, and I definitely laughed at quite a few action sequences where it's a wide shot and a punch completely misses somebody and they go <laughs> fucking foiling down, like, you know, stairs or whatnot. But framing-wise and art direction-wise, like, I loved every frame of this movie. I, I loved every frame of it. I thought, I thought every frame, I, like, I would have that, you know, that, that poster on my wall of that shot. There's just so much style. It's yes. style. And even, yes. though, and even though it's limited because of budget reasons, it was still style and it was still a cool... Like, you could do a, a shoot on any of those sets today and you'd be like, that is fucking cool. And you could totally see, totally see how Cam, fucking uh, Ridley Scott saw this and it was like, I have some ideas for... To make this better. It's a bit different with that same Idea. Uh, it was small. It was really small. Yeah, yeah. Probably like twenty. Grand. I mean, literally, and like, and it's even more impressive the stuff he came up with to extend it because they had no budget. Like I said, with like using mirroring and digital compositing, like stuff that hadn't been used for thirty years in cinema so because they had moved on <laughs> with better effects. And he did it to where I'm like, these effects look as good as ever. So, yeah. so I, I, I absolutely, I loved this movie. Wow! Yeah. Wow! I didn't. To whist, never would have called that. <laughs> no, I, I love this movie, and he complained bitterly for like a month about having to watch it. <laughs> not, not about this one in particular. Yeah, sure. <laughs> anyway, this one. I mean, I loved it. I thought I, I loved the X Men uniforms. I I, I, I love like the art direction. I loved how he was being creative about how to make a planet out of nothing. Things I didn't like. I hated how easy it was for them to break into a spaceship, then walk back to their spaceship. <laughs> Meteor rejector. I thought words like photonic ignition and uh, like, it was just really funny. Like yeah, they, we'll see the problem. They were just making up. And my best, the best part was. Nobody else could withstand the gravitational pull of the planet. That captain was a tough motherfucker. Dude, dude. Up. Everyone else was passed the fuck out. He's like, hitting buttons. <laughs> it, was, it was like Clint Eastwood was on the ship. Dude, like, I went there like, that gravity got up to 40 Gs, and then like five minutes later, someone goes, humans can only withstand up to 25 Gs. You're like, you just said it was 40 Gs. <laughs> and the captain, literally, everyone else was passed out. He has one beat of sweat, and he goes, got it. <laughs> it's a button and like there's things like that. They're, 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 they're stupid B stuff some of the stuff in there but I liked it for it you know and and I guess to me that's the difference between like Triffids and this is like I find this scary I find the plant things not I find the blindness it, I guess it just is a relatable thing to me I guess which is what makes movies fucking great is it's all objective right. or subjective subjective Triffids was scary um, but not terribly stylish. This was really sexy. stylish and sexy, sexy yeah. but not terribly scary. Summer's yeah. Brothers. Uh, wow. Well, I'm I'm really excited that that uh, Phil and Chris like this movie as much as they did. And but are they vampires? But are, who? Okay, they're well, not. Clearly, <laughs> clearly not. Clearly not. And That's I, and obviously, I, a, yeah. And I want to say vampires is life force, literally. Same vampires. I get blah. And the problem is again, again, okay. Another thing that was probably influenced by this movie. Yeah, and and I wanted to say, um, 
You know, I think I I love that about the movie that it's called Planet of Vampires. It has this big it's a twist. There are no vampires. Yeah, yeah, and it feels like a big like sort of drive-in. Like, oh, you know, what we need we need to call Planet of Vampires, guys. That's how we're gonna get the kids into the drive-in. And I love <laughs> I love that about the movie that it's a, it's a total head fake that somebody you know like ten months after the movie's made was like, oh, and the marketing department was like, oh shit, we don't. What do we call? We call Planet of Vampires. Yeah, yeah we'll call it. Planet of Vampires. Put some fucking vampires on. There. Um, I think that's great, and I, I love that about the movie. Um, so I, I, you know, I'll echo some of what what Phil said. You know, I think it's a big, you know, pulp sci-fi uh, magazine cover come to life. It's it's got beautiful co- colors and all that. And I'm a big fan of uh, of of as we talked about Danger Diabolic. So or, so good, so good. And this movie, I was worried. You know, is this going to kind of be? And it did. I thought it lived up to that direction. It had that great '60s pop style to it. Um, so it was definitely my kind of jam. You know, you, you could put any fashion brand, like say it's like a brand new like Versace ad on any of these sets. Yeah, and, it and would say this was it, and everybody cool. would think yeah. it was amazing. The movie is fucking cool. It's, it's cool. It is a super '60s cool movie. Um, <laughs> it's cool, and it, and it and it and it has it has a genuinely dark ending. Yeah. It has a super horror movie ending with a twist. I, with a twist that I thought was really great. Um, that twist was terrible. And. <laughs> and so I just want to say uh, there, there's a scene where the crew has to go investigate this alien ship, which I think we've kind of touched upon. And that is obviously – I mean I think this movie it is – beat for beat alien. Yeah. It is. And I think you well, know a lot of people are going to view it through, yeah. through the prism of alien. But it is genuinely weird and scary and and disturbing on its own. I mean, I I I mean, I think the movie itself, as as we said about Day of the Trivets, I, I think these are two movies that I think very much hold up as movies themselves, not just in relation to other bigger, more famous, more iconic movies that we think about. Uh, and I see why people have gone back to this film, and it keeps getting brought up again and again. It is a really cool uh, horror movie, like sixties horror movie. Um, and I just. Uh, not to go off on too big of a tangent, there's a really, really great movie Roman Coppola directed named CQ, um, and it's about a, a film editor on a big uh, 60s kind of sci-fi movie, and and uh, it, it remi- that movie reminded me of this movie and vice versa, and and uh, so seek that one out if 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 you're interested. But this is just this movie hits me where I live. I love super '60s sort of genre stuff, you know, Barbarella, Danger Diabolic, like that kind of thing. And I think this movie has it in spades. And so I just I was in love with it. I mean, this is a horror movie podcast, and um, I had concerns that this would not really be a horror movie. I thought it might just be kind of a '60s sci-fi thing, you know, like a. Um, something like that. And, um, in watching it, it was genuinely a horror movie. Um, I felt that there was, um, the, the, the villains that there was, there was sort of terror. Um, I, I really, I really was struck by the movie. Um, certainly the visuals, as everybody's pointed out are alone are kind of so neato. Um, they're worth watching the movie for if you're into that kind of thing. And I, I'm way into that, but Bob is endlessly inventive visually. Um, you know the the atmosphere, the the weirdness of the movie, um, the colors, the smoke. As as Candace pointed out, I mean, I mean 
<laughs> patience. I'm sorry. Um, Who the fuck is candy? I know. Yeah, wait, what? I don't even know. <laughs> so yeah, that's just drinking. But uh, but it's just Ghost one of these member. Of I know. But it, it is one of these things that I feel like. I think I'm thinking of candy actually. So I'm looking at candy. But I. I um, but overall, I was certain. Candies are stripping. He's eating so much candy. He's like candy has its own opinion about the movie. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Which, it liked the movie, and it liked all the costumes, because they're really fucking cool. Um, but overall, I was a big I was a big fan of this one. And I did think, like Russ said, like, it does, be, it is kind of this zombie, horror, um, weird alien movie. And, you know, you can say it's kind of clunky, or whatever, it's played in, you know, in these overdubs that, that sort of take out actual, like, so, but I felt genuinely... But, that, but those are things that I love about I the movie. Dread, I felt dread and fear for the people in this movie. At like, least I was the girls concerned were them. able to have guns and use them in this movie. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean there's definitely, there's, watching these older movies, there's definitely some, some issues, there's some challenges with the, there's some troubling stuff but with, with the male-female gender also, roles. Well, but no, one of them was kind of a badass, the other one was helpless. Like, the yeah. blonde chick was like, oh god! But overall, I do, I do feel like, fuck you, I'm ready, let's go. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked that Phil liked it. I thought Phil was going to get a lot of crap on it, but it shows how strong a movie it is. It's entertaining and it's fun and it's what. If you make a movie like that single handedly influences movies I love, yeah, this is this movie. Like I mean, you can't hate on this movie because if you hate on this movie, you hate on shit that is. But, that we but really I think, but it's, but it's more than just being the influence on. It, because Alien it, was, it, was, it stands but, alone. I mean, without like I look at like Day of the Trip, there's moments in there that did influence other stuff. This as a whole, and I mean, this creates Ridley Scott in a weird way. I mean, like, yeah, no, I mean, this it's, is it's, definitely it's funny movie. because if you watch it, you can see if you, you can see Ridley Scott's yes. ideas of smoke. You can definitely see, and I think I don't know, I don't know which came first, chicken the egg, but it's probably Dan O'Bannon. Saw this movie and said, "I'll use this structure to write Alien." And then he probably told Ridley Scott, "It's you but know, you got to think Ridley Scott was an art director first. Ridley Scott. Well, I think when you see the, you know, he probably recognized, oh, it's it's Planet of Vampires, it's Terror in Space. Um, I don't know for for what it is. I I did like this one probably more than I like Day of the Triffids, uh, but I did I do think it's a really a movie. I feel worth like seeing. I like Day of the Triffids better. Oh, than that's this cool. One. All right, so, I just I like them both for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. they're they're fun. Sixties. So what's next? What's next is the end of this episode Yay! of the Liberation of Dune. Wow, we're at an hour twenty two. Jesus, and uh, it is got time, through two movies. And yeah, it is time. Well, to, well no, we got through a shit ton. Of the role as well. Festival. Yeah. But we'll be back uh, with episode right before Christmas, where we'll start off talking briefly about briefly about Yuletide Horror, which is a new book that's coming out about the history of horror uh, with Christmas movies. Where we'll all make our recommendations of our favorite horror Christmas movie. Yes, oh, we will. Okay, and uh, and then we'll go into the second part of uh, our alien horror. So tune in then. And as we say, what do we say, patience? Keep screaming. Keep screaming. And telling bad jokes. Musical chorus. That's my job. (laughs) Is it? It is. (laughs) Get a new job, Cox. (laughs) All right, I quit.